sort of thing that that we're dealing with here is sort of like subjective experience and uh, what what does it mean and sort of what, what does it stem for is there a soul and is if so what is it made from and and could you switch to another body and that sort of thing so um we're, we have all these themes that uh, go throughout the game and then that's sort of um the core of the game is just putting you into situations throughout the game that deals with this sort of theme When I started planning out who I wanted to talk to in October to cover horror games on Giant Bomb for Shocktober, I don't think it would come as much of a surprise that Thomas Grip, the lead designer over at Frictional Games, who's headed up their Penumbra series, uh, headed up Amnesia the Dark Descent, which I consider to be the scariest modern horror game, uh, and is working on their next title, called Soma, uh, would be at pretty much the top of my list. And so we had booked a time. And then the morning that I was supposed to talk to him, Frictional Games actually debuted the first teaser for their upcoming game, Soma. And so I kind of got in touch with them and said, hey, I had intended to just talk to you about The Dark Descent, which was the intention of our discussion. Uh, and I said, you know, can we talk at all about your new game? And he said, hey, if you hold it off until our official reveal, uh, which will be happening, you know, as you're listening to this, um, we can talk about the new game. So could not have been more excited to talk to Thomas, who is uh, such a delight, so articulate about what makes the horror genre work. And not only do we dive deep into what made Amnesia the Dark Descent such an amazing experience, but we also talk uh, a little bit uh, about his upcoming project, Soma, and unfortunately uh, discover that we're not going to be playing it until 2015. But the themes he talks about for making a sci-fi horror game really get me excited, and so I can't wait to throw over to our conversation right now. Hello. Hey, Thomas. Hi. You hearing me? Yeah. Can you hear me okay? Yes. I can crank up the volume here. So sorry if there's any uh, <laughs> noises in the background here. It's my my son is having a sort of uh, energetic boost now. <laughs> <laughs> well, <So. laughs> he's, just, he's just excited that you guys are announcing a new game and he just doesn't know yeah. how to express it. Yeah, that, that's got to be it. <laughs> Scarred for life watching. Watching Daddy horror <laughs> yeah, his dad making horror it's... games and putting all these terrible images in his head. Yeah. Well, it's a I, nice little upbringing. Yes. Well, I, I appreciate you taking uh, some time to chat with me. I, I think it's uh, would have been very funny if somehow we managed to talk to each other on the same day that you guys are you know, starting to talk about what you guys are, are doing next, yet that, you know, not being the entire point of us talking <laughs> at all. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a fun... Uh, <laughs> um, <clears throat> what do you say? It's it's a fun... Uh, shit, my, my words are sort of... Uh, I, I need to get, get into my English mindset here. I'm sort of uh, minded. What's, shit, it's just fun coincidence. Shit, okay, so... so you're right, you're right. Yeah. Coincidence, yes, you got it. Yeah, yeah Nailed sorry. it. I just uh, sometimes my mind doesn't really get into uh, my English mode, all right? So I'm just stuck. But it's slowly going. So, so sorry, sorry about that. Slips. Not clapping up. No, yes. no, no, no. Don't. <laughs> not, not a problem. How do you, how do you feel on sort of the? You know, you guys are just starting to 
to tease the new game. Like, are you? Do you get nervous when you guys get ready to start talking about a new project, or, or is there more excitement when you can stop being mysterious about it? Yeah, it's 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 a little bit of both because I've been wanting to talk about this uh, project for like uh, two years or something like that. So um, it, it's a great relief now. Now finally we can talk about something here. So so, so that's great. But it, it's uh, nervous as well. It's always a problem about. Um, what do you think other people are going to find exciting about the project? Because obviously, since you're so deep into it, the things that you find exciting about it might not be what other people are, are most exciting about. So so when you first start talking about it, it's sort of you try and uh, sort of feel the waters and, and uh, get a nice feel for what's, uh, what's interesting to other people and how you sort of want to approach it all. So, so yeah, it, it's sort of... Uh, you're sort of worried there that you're gonna you're gonna have a sort of approach that's that's not interesting to people a bit. So uh, um, and and all just reactions to everything. So uh, so so that's always something to get nervous about. I've been super nervous the entire day and have trouble to to work. I'm just thinking, oh shit, the service gonna go down or whatever. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> yes, glad it's all out there now. So now 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 stuff feels a lot better. Well, and you know what's what's different about this project versus you know rolling out amnesia the dark descent is that amnesia the dark descent has had a pretty profound impact on you know specifically the horror genre and you know sort of embracing you know non-combat and and uh, a couple of other different ideas that have profoundly influenced the genre and with this one you know you guys have you know worked with the chinese room on a machine for pigs but you know you kind of have to I imagine you can't not think about the fact that you guys impacted the genre while you are planning your own next thing. Yeah, so you always have extra pressure because of that. And it, it's uh, um I always like to sort of I'm, I'm not sure how much impact we had, but but I think that we at least started uh, started out the whole first person horror thing. But but I think that perhaps would have come on its own. But um it but but I, th- I think yeah, there's a bit of pressure there, uh, um, wondering where to take it next. And f- for this project, of course, um, we wanted to sort of uh, see what what's interesting. What are the next interesting steps here? But you also have to sort of be be a bit uh, careful in what you want to uh, what you want to refine and what you want to do uh, differently. As uh, you, you sort of you have a core of, of the game that that needs to be retained, and I think that we did that from uh, even if there's tons of changes from Penumbra to Amnesia, there there's also a lot of similarities, and this this is not only for audience uh, that they're they're gonna like the game so you know that they're prepared for the experience they have the sort of uh, right expectations for it but it's it's also that you need to be able to to make the game in an environment that you're sort of familiar with so so there's a lot of uh, uh, feeling uh, for it's where where, where's the, where what do we know here what's the sort of where where where's our knowledge and what are we good at and what can we expand upon and and sort of get a getting a feel for that i think it's uh, it's it's a pretty tough uh, decision and, and we're working a lot on this project we're trying out new things and that didn't work scrap that and uh, we did a similar thing for amnesia where we started out doing sort of super super mario horror game almost so <laughs> what, do you, what do you what do you mean by super mario horror game 
and um, we were actually going to base it a lot on i think that it's sort of just us being exhausted with doing these kind of games because they're very hard to do every single bit in a game needs to be coded specifically so you have a specific logic for, for every little last thing in a game and uh, with puzzles and that sort of thing scripted scenes etc so we always sort of think oh this is too hard to make games we need to make simpler so for amnesia we actually thought oh why can't we have sort of like in mario you have this sort of bouncing uh, this is uh, platforms that you can bounce upon and uh, whatnot and sort of we can have this sort of a small set of elements that we can just place and have any interesting combinations and we we tried building a level set in very early stage in that sort of thing so we have bridges to um you put down and you, you had ropes you can pull with levers and platforms going everywhere and we just tried to build something from that and that didn't work at all <laughs> but that was sort of the the, 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 the the first step we we had i had this sort of um envisioning of something for amnesia this is and this is like this must be like six years back or something like that we had this sort of in or five years back i think envisioned having something like super mario 64 where you go into this all these different rooms so you can collect things so you could go back to them explore more and just having this Brenningburg castle that amnesia is setting being something like that where where you entered rooms you could solve some puzzles uh, uh, f flee from some enemies and then get back into that room and you can have new objects and access different things and, and we try doing that approach but uh, we have this sort of counters how many percentage how much percentage you had discovered and that sort of thing and uh, but it but it didn't work out at all and i think the problem with that approach was that the reality of the situation was so abstract that it works in Super Mario because you have this sort of mushroom kingdom that's abstract and sort of that's the essence of the Mario world. Whereas in a horror game, you want it to be more down to earth, and that gets just increasingly uh, difficult the more strange stuff you put into your level. And when when you want these sort of Mario like levels where you jump around and stuff, that requires these huge rooms that. Uh, can fit all these things and uh, normally in horror you want cramped spaces so, so it didn't work out at all for that thing and we also tried some sort of um that's sort of fun also we the whole darkness system the afraid of darkness in amnesia was sort of we had that as a core idea but we had that as a sort of core gameplay mechanic that you were sort support supposed to um do a lot of stuff with the lights and turn on a light here and that can open a door turn on a light there that keeps enemies away and that sort of stuff so we, we tried to build a, a game um, around that but the same problem prop, uh, up there that lightning in a horror game is essential for the atmosphere and once you start sort of using it as a gameplay mechanic it takes away a lot of the atmosphere so we sort of just scale down and stuff and uh, and um, then we went back to uh, our penumbra core and then we thought okay what elements do we have from these sort of design tests that we can put upon that and then we use that uh, um as a foundation to do um the dark descent so. it seems like there's there's always uh sort of this tension it seems like you're articulating some of it in some of the early design for amnesia of how much agency you give the player uh specifically when you're trying to generate sort of tension and scares and horror given that uh, the horror genre typically uh, generates a lot of that through scripted events. Uh, you know, jump scares are an easy way that that happens. Yeah. Um, and it sounds like you guys tried to find a way to give the player a little more agency over the world, but then started discovering some of the limitations uh, that come with 
than being able to have control over how, how what the player is going to experience. Yeah, that, that's a very interesting uh, point. So so this is sort of, just want to point out here that the discussion on all this, this was actually, we call it afterwards, the uh, Super Mario torture porn was sort of <laughs> what we were going for in the first game. Because we were sort of, we thought like, oh, there's no game like Saw. So we had this great presentation for, for a publisher and it was the best presentation I ever made on a game. Everything else is, but, but the game would have sucked. But um, <laughs> but it was a great presentation. We could have shards and and uh, Show how much it could sell and what sort of what we based upon and that sort of thing. So, but but that sort of that was I think first half year or something like that. And then we went back to more a traditional horror thing and started thinking about that. And one of the main ingredients for us is that we want to have a game where you play from start to end. So the player is constantly in control. There, there's no cutscenes whatsoever. And Historically, what you have seen in horror games is that once you have an enemy reveal, I think that Doom 3 is a good example of this. Every time you have an enemy reveal, you take away some of the agency by basically having a cutscene of something happens. You, you know, I think in Doom 3, you have the camera zooms away on some distant objects and you, you just see all these things happening. And then when the when the, um, the creature is there and you're ready to fight it, then when that's when you give back agency. But that's sort of boring because fighting a monster is not the interesting part of a horror game. That's sort of experiencing everything up to fighting the monster. That's the interesting part. And the reveal itself is sort of the the climax of all this. And taking away agency from that is sort of, that's not very interesting. There's other examples of this from Silent Hill 2. You have this great scene where Pyramid Head is doing crazy business with a mannequin in a kitchen. And you have James, the protagonist, hiding in a closet, just peeking out and seeing him doing all these things. And then going out of the closet once uh, Pyramid Head is done what he, whatever he's uh, doing. And then you can sort of um, explore that environment. Then it's sort of, uh, this didn't really I didn't really like this because we have a game here it's supposed to be interactive why is the best the best sequence in the game in a cutscene why can't I be the one standing in the closet just looking out why why does the computer have to take control over that so that's something that we wanted to do and I think that we pretty much um I think it's one of the things that I'm, I'm most proud of, at least, is that we have a sequence in uh, uh, in, in uh, Dark Descent when you hide in a monster breaks into the room, and there is a closet there, and you hide in the closet, and you peek out, and you see the monster wandering around, and then he walks walks out of the room again, and that's interactive. You can jump out of the closet at any point, <laughs> and which would be a bad idea. Um, but few players do that. And it's sort of, they're just going along with the mood. So, oh, it's a closet hide scene. And then you're just hiding in a closet and going around with that mood. Um, but I think that many game designers are very of this sort of design because what if the game, the player exits the classes? So what are we going to do? We have to have a different scene. What if he dies out there? It's going to ruin the mo- moment. But what they're in fact doing is that they're ruining in the moment by making it a cutscene from, from the very beginning. And there's tons of... Uh, example of this in horror games where you try to do horror movie like angles and whatnot um all through the experience like building up oh we should have this sort of the player should see a shadow running around running away in the distance um but you know th- that's just going to happen for a fraction of a second so we need to make that a cutscene so you take away um, 
agency from the player and just let the camera do its work, show off the uh, shadow, and then give um, control back to the player. But what we like to do is that what we want to do is want to set up the situation in a way that the player is looking in the direction where the shadow is going to be. And then and then we can perhaps even, and it's sort of, you have to sort of, uh, there's always a percentage that this will work. But if the player is looking at the right direction in pretty much the right time, so you have a sort of a, a gap of when, when it's a good time to be looking at a certain uh, position, then you have the shadow coming up. And if the player looks too late or something like that, then you just display the shadow anyway, and they might end up not seeing it at all. So you have sort of like 10% might never see the shadow, but the 90% that do, they're going to have a great experience and a much better experience than what you would have had if you had gone for a solution that you would know 100% sure that everyone would see. Yeah? So it's sort of a tricky way there uh, in how you're going to do these sort of things. And it's something that you're exploring all of the time. Well, it seems like uh, those moments where, like, for example, as you mentioned, the, the closet scene in Amnesia, which I, I remember very, very well, um, when... You put the player in control. You can assume that most players aren't going to screw up that sequence. They're not going to, you know, exit the closet and, and see what happens. They're going to remain in, in in place. But the tension for the player, at least, you know, when I played it and when I experienced these moments, is the fact that maybe you could screw it up or the fact that you are in control and that even though you know exactly how all these controls work and you know what you're supposed to do, there is an element of chance that isn't there the moment the black bars come up and you realize they're yeah. going for a cutscene? And and even though it essentially still is a cutscene, it's the fact that you can still move around and you can you do you have agency even if you have no interest in exercising it, uh, is what creates all the tension. Yeah, exactly. And you can also screw with these kind of expectations in that you can have a very controlled situation, but because you know that you might be able to screw it up because there are situations that are screwable. <laughs> um, then you can have sort of, you can have this tension. And I think that um, even though Heavy Rain is, uh, there's so much of this good stuff in Heavy Rain, even though it's it's very flawed in, in, in mental levels as well. But you have this sort of death element that you, you know from the start that the, the, you can fail at any of the challenges. But there are only like, say, five times in the game when you can screw up and the character dies. But this sort of hangs over you all of the time because there's one point where it can happen. And you can use that as well in order to do this kind of stuff. Um, it, it, for some situations, of course, it's where you want to have more exploration. It's, it's not possible to do it, but you can sort of build upon this uh, um, sort of tension. If you, if you just let it happen at some points, then you can sort of keep that tension going for the rest of the game. Because the first time you play it, you have no idea what, what's, is this a situation I can screw up? Is it not? So, so you, you can keep the player on the toes that way and just throw them a sort of a curveball uh, every once in a while to keep them on their toes and you can extend that. And, and that's also extends, I think, the feeling of agency that even though there are like a lot of times where you don't have an agency or control over the situation, just because you have it, have had it in the past, it feels like you're in control in those situations as well, and that you're sort of um, you're the one that determines how this is all going to play out. You, you mentioned this a little bit uh, <clears throat> before about sort of the the reveal and when sort of the the, the monster you know sort of becomes apparent. You know that is sort of the climax in many ways, and I thought amnesia. Uh, dealt with this this problem that's very unique to games as well is when when a sequence starts 
if the player fails the sequence, a lot of the tension is zapped upon the second playthrough. Even if they then have the knowledge on how to complete it, uh, it's not nearly as scary the second time because sort of the, some of the surprise is lost. And yeah. there aren't many of those sequences in Amnesia. Um, you know, the chase sequence in the water is 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 famous for for that moment. And I managed to finish it in one shot. So I had essentially the best possible experience with that, which was bare, you know almost dying, but not but not actually dying. Whereas uh, a player that you know maybe has to do that three or four times. It, you know, there are diminishing returns upon each time that they go through that sequence. So I'm curious how you consider sequences like that and, and when to use them, uh, knowing that, you know, there is a fail state and that. Yeah, we actually have. A, it is a sort of spoiler, but <laughs> I'm sure it's a three year old game. So you can see. Yeah, no, go. Yeah, go. Go right now. Um, but we have a sort of a, a mind fog in there for players because players are going to if they if they I think if they die two times. There's going to be no water monster at all. So they can walk through the entire sequence, no water monster, go through this, uh, open the gate, go through there, no monster water at all. And then you sort of relaxed. Oh, they just took away the monster. Then you, when you walk to the final door, it just bangs open and he just rushes at you. So <laughs> you can have these sort of things um, as well. So, 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 so even if, so, so that's a good experience as well because he's, he's letting down his guards. Oh, they remove the monster. It's easy mode now. And then you bang, go, and you kill the monster another time. So you can sort of work with that as well. And and um, I think that it was a pretty late uh, decision, I think, the last half year that we just uh, thought about it. And why why do we keep have players repeating the same sections over and over again, um, this sort of trial and error? And can't we just... Uh, do something else instead and then we just uh, the idea there was that we have sort of checkpoints that the player goes back to but we we change some stuff in the level um most of the times we do and we just let, let them have everything they're done is is, is still uh, so, so the current state is still the same as when they died so if they collected an item or whatnot there's no more more of doing that sort of thing but they have to go through perhaps a sequence as well and then some other times we just have them ending up in a scary room where i think there's one point i'm not sure if anyone did that but you can jump down a well <laughs> where, where there's some splashes coming from and so you're either in there via this strange monster and then you will end up in locked in into a room where there's coming more and more of this strange slime around you so you're not sure um what the hell is going on there and you have to work a bit to get out of this room and it just feels like you're you're being devoured I mean, it's it's pretty ra rare that the players experience something like that i think because most people don't jump down that well but <laughs> it took a, I, I i took upon myself a, a couple of hours to implement a fun a fun thing if, if someone yeah it, it's sort of because this is sort of interesting to me because uh, it might be that someone is very curious about what's in the well. So, so they're not trolls. So they're not like, oh, what's going to happen if I jump down the well? They, they're, they're like genuinely curious and genuinely playing the game as it's supposed to. And when they're at the edge, they just slip. <laughs> and, and just, no, I went too far. And they just, they just fall down the well. And then you have a special sequence. And then might might be like a like hundred players um, in total, I guess, the sequence. But it's sort of fun that you have sort of, even if... Uh, not everyone gets the sequence. You have some people out there that's going to have a really cool experience just because something that you implemented. Um, so, so you try and balance that sort of thing. But, but on the whole, of course, you can't do things that's going to be like. Uh, um, 
a thousand of a percentage you're just going to experience. So you have to sort of balance the probabilities of these sort of things. Um, but 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 back to your question. Sorry, I mean sort of going off. No tangent, no no. Go uh, ahead. Here. But but after your questions, how do you sort of uh, um, when do you have this sort of repeat sequences? And and that's sort of, I think that um, we we didn't have much time to think about it in uh, in Dark Descent because we had to we had a few days where we, <laughs> in total a few days where we we made most of these sort of death, death sequences um, because most of the design from the start was that you didn't uh, that you did die and restart every, every one of these uh, sequences uh, but what I think is that it's always this sort of uh, where you throw this like you bring the reality of the situation um, to the player um, so you have to have these situations where the player, uh, as I said, would have rain and stuff like that. And, and it's, rain is just sort of bad in that way because all of these things happen um, at the end of the game. They should have had characters being able to die like the first scene or something like that. But the same thing for us is that you, you need to have this sort of say, uh, sequences where the player has to repeat a couple of times in order to um, to finish it, and you want them spread out uh, evenly throughout the game. And it's important that they're not too hard, but it should exist. Um, on a sort of uniform basis, so you just keep the tension going, because otherwise it's sort of people might find out that it's a system. So even if, even if you're trying to role play these kind of things, like oh yeah, I'm no, I'm I won't die at these things, but uh, so, so, but but it's still freaky as hell, so I'm still gonna be scared from them. You can't keep that up for through that many hours, the player is still going to, because I know, for instance, in the prison area, where some people are asked, oh, screw it, I'm just going to run straight through, straight at every monster here, so you just can finish it, because it's so oppressive. And, and that's sort of like, that's sort of a lost opportunity there, because then you have someone who, who's clearly not handling the situation. And and as a horror game designer, that's the best sort of subject. You, you don't want to <laughs> let them lose too easily. So that's the sort of situation where you should have had a situation where you had just had to repeat this over and over again. And you're just like, shit, I'm out. Oh, shit, I, I can't run at these monsters anymore. I have to sneak here. And you're sort of making a really oppressive experience for them. So you have to sort of throw these sequences here and there just to keep the player on their toes. But it is a sort of fine line. If you have them ever, everywhere, then you, you, people are just going to, oh, no, I have to game this. I have to figure out the system and that sort of thing. And that's bad because then they're taking out of the experience. But if you don't have them, then the players are going to sort of figure out, oh, I, I can't die. There's no repercussions uh, um, at all. And you sort of have to have these sort of sequences uh, some at some points, at least, just to keep, keep, uh, keep the tension up. So, you know, Frictional has been making horror games, you know, have the Penumbra series and you have Amnesia and you have, have your new game. Like what, what kind of brings you back to this every single time? Because, you know, I've never made a horror game, but I have to imagine based on when I've talked to designers that it's, it's a very draining process and, you know, it's very dark. Uh, so what brings you back to the genre over and over again and wanting to try and find new ways to sort of kind of kind of chip away at, at a similar concept that you've been playing with for a number of years? Uh, I'm not sure. There, there must be something disturbing lacking in our minds <laughs> or something. Because 
actually, when we started out on Soma, the, the, the new game, um, which is called Soma, by the way, um, I'm not sure if it, it went through. It, it, it should, it should. By the end of the day, most we should have figured it out. Um, it didn't start out as, as a horror game at all because we we had some uh, thematics that we wanted to explore, and uh, so we just went full ahead on that. And we sort of thought, oh, we can have some mysterious atmosphere, but we're not gonna sort of go for for full on horror here, and the thematics are gonna be horrific in, in their own right. Uh, but then as we sort of started developing in this, um, it just went more and more towards the horror genre and 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 it's sort of i can't escape it <laughs> i tried <laughs> to not make horror game and it wasn't possible so i'm not gonna try that again we just it just took a lot <laughs> make it all to take longer so i'm just gonna accept that it's gonna be horror whatever i do do from now on um but, but i think it, it's sort of but 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 i think that it's sort of just that Horror is so great at uh, bringing people into this very nice mindset um, that you just don't get from other genres, and uh, it's that when you're in this when you're in the scary situations, your your mind starts starts evaluating the surroundings in a way that you don't do in other games. When, you, when you're playing a shooter, it's all, oh, there's cover there. He's poking like a third of his head out. So, okay, I know I can snipe now. Okay, you have to sort of mentally or intuitively figuring out where the hitboxes are and stuff like that. And the no you don't care so much about the, the background in itself, but you just know okay, there's cover there, and I'm now fighting music. Now I have to reload, and there's the skewing stuff like that. So, so you're very sort of viewing the game very mechanically, and and the, and the way that you deal with that in games is that you have a very close overlap with the mechanical systems and um, the mechanical thoughts that they, they bring forward. So, so in a shooter game, it makes sense to think about this because if you were an, a badass Marine, that's the sort of the way you would think about the situation and think about the environment. But in a horror game, it's different because you, you're very... You're very exposed, and uh, you're in a situation where you're not in control, and where you're not aware of the mechanics, and where you're not just trying to beat the game in a way that you're trying to figure out how the enemies move and just kill them. So w we experienced that a lot uh, when we in Penumbra Black played when we went went from having uh, enemies that could be killed and having enemies that uh, were not possible to kill, and you didn't have any any weapons at all. Is that Players start noticing every single sound. So if you're, if you, if it's it's a great great to when we saw playthroughs and stuff like that in Amnesia is that you just hear, players just heard some footsteps and it was like, oh shit, there's something here. Uh, where's it from? And and can I sort of uh, they try to? It's just a background sound, but it, they try to figure out how does this fit into the world and you don't do that so much in, in, in a shooter game because it's sort of known so if you hear a, a distant footstep okay that might be some scripted events there's gonna come enemies soon enough and then it's gonna be fighting music and we're we're in our fighting scene doing fighting stuff and and you're in that sort of mindset but in a horror game you're you're not sure what the hell is going on and what's gonna what's gonna happen next so you every single bit of the environment is something that you process into your your mind model and what's cool about that is that in games it's very in these shooter games it's very important that uh, 
the 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 mechanical uh, mindset sort of uh, it, it, it has a close relationship to what you're actually seeing on screen and in your intuitive view of the scene is very close to what the actual game mechanical system is but in a horror game and when done right uh, your sort of mental view can be completely utterly wrong <laughs> when compared to the system that the game actually have and we found it out with the sanity system for amnesia and we first had it as something that you could game sort of you you had to keep your sanity up uh, in order to to complete the game at all because it became unplayable basically if you if you didn't have enough sanity hmm. but once we sort of relaxed uh, on those constraints and the sanity system become more of a mute feature players started to come up with their own theories on how it worked and oh he's doing that and he's doing that and that could work throughout the experience and you had this sort of mental mind model that was like the the, the player's worst fears come true and we never in the game did something happen that challenged that notion so the players could go on having this sort of mind model that uh, um, that was a lot more terrifying than anything we could have done with a proper game system so that sort of thing is something that uh, is very, very interesting in horror games. And I think why we, we keep coming back to them. Um, as soon as you let that go and you don't have this sort of uh, horror, threat of horror or a threat of something hanging around the player and not having a sort of determined way to deal with it, you, you get such much more interesting responses. Can, can you talk a little about the, the themes that are sort of surrounding Soma? Um, so the themes in Soma is is, uh, is something I've been very interested in um, a, a long time is consciousness. So um, and and I you normally read about this uh, in books and so on. You read about it in third person and you read about neuro uh, neurological diseases and that sort of thing. Uh, you, it always happens to other people, and but in a first-person game, we can make this happen to you. So you can, we can bring you, uh, make you experience these sort of uh, thematics uh, in a way that I don't think you could do in any other medium. And I think that um, that could. Uh, it's closely related to the horror in that when we found that out later on that it, it, very, it works very well for a horror story and you sort of have to figure out these sort of uh, thematics on your own and you have to build a mind, mind model from them. So um, what, what we're, the sort of thing that, that we're dealing with here is sort of like subjective experience and uh, what, what does it mean and sort of what, what does it stem for? Is there a soul and is, if so, what is it made from? And, and could you switch to another body and that sort of thing? So um, we're, we have all these themes that uh, go throughout the game and, and that's sort of um, the core of the game is just putting you into situations throughout the game that deals with these sort of themes and uh, also have all sort of stuff in, in, in the world just built around this. So the monsters that you're going to, or the creatures um, in the game, um, all have different aspects of this. And in order for you to sort of combat them, at least sort of as I talked about in this mental mind model that you build up from just listening to sounds and that sort of thing, all those are connected to this uh, theme of consciousness. Um, so, so, so it raises all these sort of strange questions in your mind as soon as you start f trying to figure out what these monsters are and uh, um, how to sort of, uh, in what sort of, danger 
pressures they can post upon you. Can we expect that, you know, sort of mechanically it will work similar to amnesia? Like, are we still talking, you know, sort of non-combat, like a lot of a lot of hiding? Or are you giving the player some some new tools in terms of how they deal with what they encounter? Um, it's it's still going to be a lot of hiding. But what we're trying to do is that every creature in the game should be its own dynamic system. So when you encounter a creature that has a specific sort of system. So, so think about um, the sanity system. That was a global system that we had throughout the, um, the entire game. So, but in uh, Soma, for every encounter that you do, there's going to be a dynamic system that's sort of like the sanity system, but local to that encounter or, or that sort of the species of uh, creature alone. So each time you you encounter a new uh, encounter, a new beast or a new danger, you have to figure out how to work. And there's going to be sort of um, tools, you can say perhaps tools, uh, or, or just effects uh, um, in the game that you have to sort of figure out what they mean and uh, how to use these sort of tools uh, against the, you know, to your advantage. You know, uh, we've got, you know, there's a movie coming out, uh, I think next weekend out here in North America, you know, Alfonso Cuaron's Gravity, which is, you know, about, yeah. uh, mm-hmm. you know, two astronauts dealing with a, an emergency situation in space. And I think it's not something that's been explored too much in games. Uh, it's been explored more in film, uh, I think. Uh, but space is sort of inherently terrifying, uh, I think. And I'm, and I'm curious how you feel about that and what do you think it is about space that puts humans at uh, sort of a, a deep unease oh there, there's tons about it. It, it i think that i mean it's utter darkness for one <laughs> it's like the embodiment of darkness because you're, you're you're so alone and i think that any sort of alien environment in that sort of way um, is 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 gonna bring bring out this sort of because you, you're not sure how to deal with it and, and and I think that it's just a matter of being utterly alone. I mean, in gravity, you you they're like in orbit. No one can help you. you I mean, if you if you try return to Earth, you will just burn up in the atmosphere. And, and there's there's a very inherent scariness to just being that alone. Um, even if I mean. Even if you take the furthest reach on Earth, like some something like Mount Everest, there, there's still like you, you could, in, if the weather is good, you could still uh, land a shopper there and the, um, and bring someone down. Uh, and and uh, as we sort of as progress, if you see in in, in other uh, um, in stories like a hundred years old or something like that, in Lovecraft stories, then in the Antarctic, there was like the other. Uh, uh, of, of horror death as well, because once you were there, there, there is no going back. There is no one to save you. It, it's sort of that these days as well, but it's it's not. And, and you have good horror movies come out of that, such as thing. And um, but the space is sort of like that. Sort of you go a, a step further on that. And, and then I also think that it's sort of because no one has, very few of us has been have been to space, so it's an un- unknown what could be there. So you can ex- you sort of expect anything to happen there, and and, and I think that's sort of a, something that, that that makes it a very terrifying uh, environment. But I, I just think that the the just utter darkness of it all. You you you're floating in darkness in a sense, and and that's sort of I think that's just inherently scary. Yeah, and I think there's also a sense of. You, you you have so little control over everything that has to do with this sort of alien environment. Whereas in, 
you know, you know, like amnesia, you're in a castle, like, you know, you have, you have some sense of familiarity and, you know, you can breathe and you, you know, like you can light a fire. Like there, there's sort of things that you can sort of like wrap your head around. Whereas with in space, like it's all sort of predicated on technological process. And in the moment that any one of a million things goes wrong, you are at the mercy of, of something that is well beyond your control. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and I mean, the, the slightest thing can sort of uh, screw you up a big time. But but at, in the same time, there's also a, a bit of a problem uh, with space and, and strange environments. And I think that um, a good game example of this is the first Half-Life. And most of the players, once they get to the alien planet Xenorite, uh, uh, then it's not as interesting and engaging because... Um, even though you're in some pretty fantastic environments in in previous in in uh, in Half-Life, um, they're still grounded in some way, and and you can see this in sort of space movies as well. Is that you always try to ground it, so so you don't often and it's sort of visual effects, of course, as well. But the environment has chairs and it has some televisions and you know people drink coffee or whatnot. You you try and bring this sort of because if you're if you, if it's totally unrelated to everyday life, then I think that loses some of your scary aspects as well because you can't sort of attach to it in an intuitive fashion. So you can't just have something taking place in outer space where you're there's no human life at all. And I think that's going to just lose its scariness after a while because it's not grounded and it's sort of like, yeah, anything can happen here. So, so you, you just sort of lose touch to it. There, there needs to be sort of a human touch to it for, 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 for the tension to be there. So I think that's an... Uh, a very crucial aspect as well. Yeah, you know, I mean, in gravity, you know, you've got these two astronauts that are floating just mm -hmm. above Earth, and so they're, yeah, exactly. they're, that yeah, sort yeah. of grounds you because it's like, well, it's right there, just but yeah. you, you, it doesn't help you. Or you know, and you know, I think you know, I constantly thought of the film Alien while while playing through Amnesia, um, in terms of you know the way that it kind of kept the so the monsters in the dark and, and sort of how thematically yeah. it set itself up. But in, in Alien, you know, they they go to the alien planet and that's weird and strange and and hostile but you know where the the true scares happen in that film and this is also true of aliens even though it's a more action movie is is in the familiar space which is back yeah. in the spaceship which has a bunch of creature comforts and as bunch it feels familiar because it's supposed to make you happy because you're isolated and alone in space and so you can you can identify it you know as someone that has not been to space because it looks you know it's made to be familiar for those people and then that's where the true horror happens is in the familiar yeah, so it's the sort of mix of familiar and unfamiliar that I think is sort of because in in in, in Alien, I think what's so great about it is that when it land on this planet and enter this ship, um, everything is so utterly wrong. <laughs> um, you have this, you, you know, the Giger designs and whatever. It, it's just inherently really, really creepy. And then what 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 happens is that when you go back to normality. That sort of lingers in your head, sort of. You, you've just been in this. You just had a, like a brief tour to to this strange reality, and then you're you're back in, in, inside. And, and and I think that sort of that contrast there is, it adds a lot throughout the experience. To just you, you can always refer back to that. And and what what happens is that alien creature is then sort of a manifestation of this really creepy environment that you were in before, and you sort of bounce off that. I think. 
so I think that's sort of the, you, you, it's still it's sort of same with uh, with Lovecraft novels and that sort of thing is that he has this the character has these visions of a really sort of weird reality and that's sort of spooky and stuff but the spooky stuff comes when he starts seeing like shit i'm seeing like fragments of this strange dream in my own reality and then then when once it starts getting really horrific so so the horrific stuff is not the the strange reality in itself but when it comes sort of into your, your normal life in a way. And I think that sort of contrast, it might be a good, uh, um, is sort of how you build really good uh, uh, horror. Um, I know some of the, the early speculation I've seen from folks that have just seen, you know, the, the little teaser that you guys have out there so far for Soma is, you know, maybe thinking maybe there is some influence from, you know, System Shock and SCP Containment Breach. I'm like, I'm curious if either of those have sort of like Loaded into to what you've looked at as you started putting together Soma. Yeah, yeah, both both are actually inspirational. System Shock in a pro- perhaps a little bit uh, more implicit way. So yes, System Shock is just that every every single game we made, I think, is inspired by System Shock too, <laughs> at least because I mean, with audio logs and that sort of thing, it, it, it's uh, it, it's sort of a, a great uh, a great way to to build a game where you just uh, I I just love the, the the audio log stuff to death in uh, in System Shock, and I also had a uh, there's also this sort of um, even if it's sort of encounter-based in Shock 2, you, you have this sort of feeling of uh, the creatures wandering about having their, their own life, even if they just, oh, you have an event now, let's spawn some creatures here. There's sort of, there's a vibe to it that uh, that makes you feel, and, and going back and forth between environment and stuff like that. So, 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 so that's the sort of inspirational. But what we haven't had any sort of uh, thematic uh, in terms of setting and stuff like that actually is from System Shock. SCP, on the other hand, um, first off, there's two inspirational bits from that, is that I, I, I've discovered fairly recently, um, and uh, I, I love some of the stuff really a lot, and uh, what we did is that we just, uh, we had the idea that, shit, this could be great for, for teasing material. We can have sort of like um, SCP-like entries on it, and it also um, has a sort of uh, ha- had relevance for for how we we, we sort of got stuck because we had this sort of um, as I said earlier we had this sort of thematic underpinning in that we want to explore the, the consciousness and AI and that sort of thing yeah? and we hadn't really grasped how to do it because one of the things that I didn't want to do is that you could just have characters. Sp- Babbling, babbling about philo- philosophical subjects while the the player is avoiding monsters, and that wouldn't be like right. That wouldn't that that would feel like failure because I could just read a book and, and have that sort of thing. And I wouldn't I wanted to do something that was this this could only be done in a game sort of thing. And then um, when we started reading SCP, it just dawned on me, oh, it would be great as as I said before that what if uh, the monsters themselves are manifestations of ideas, and and you can sort of have this sort of like um, build up, like we you have in SCP around them, in, in that you just, uh, for instance, I, I just love there's so much good in SCP. Uh, to start out each entry with just speaking about how do you contain this creature, and that's sort of like shit. That's just you know that's just all these sort of stuff springs up in your in your mind. So, and, and you have a sort of fleshed out mental picture 
long before they describe anything at all about the monster and you just weave that into your, your mental image and it, got, it gets so much more scary because of that. So what if we can, can sort of have our monsters like that and when you finally sort of meet them, there's sort of aspects to them that deal with our thematic underpinnings with consciousness and that sort of stuff that you have to be very aware of and have to be very think about a lot when dealing with these creatures. So that's sort of the approach that we took from that. And and, and it totally uh, it totally transformed how we're, we could approach the game. And uh, I think that it, that was sort of like a major um, breakthrough in terms of now we know how to uh, to approach this game because we, we've been do, dealing with the game uh, it's been de- in development for, for over yeah it's, it's, it's got to be over three years now which, which is insane in a bit um, but we were, had sort of struggle with uh, with getting some of the stuff across and, and when we finally just figured that out then it was a snap and th- this is how we're going to do it so 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 both of those uh, games have, have some inspiration but they're sort of like, it's not like oh we're going to make a system shock game or we're going to make an SCP game but it's sort of like they just sneaked into uh, um, how, we, how, we, how we felt that we can approach the game well, the the last uh, question I'll leave you on because I don't I don't want to take you for too long is um, no, it, one of the things that I think is starting to become increasingly uh, interesting as a potential tool for horror games is the sort of the Oculus Rift. There have been some really mm-hmm. interesting experiments recently. There's I'm actually uh, on Giant Bomb later tonight. Uh, I'm going to be streaming some of the the ones that have become like I think one's called Alone and another one is called something else that I, I don't have the name in front of me. The but one when you sit sit in front of a TV, a virtual TV. I think so. Yeah, I don't I don't know much about it. I'm going in trying to go in as as blind as possible, but I know that it's supposed to be uh, really creepy and unsettling. But uh, you know, as someone that has crafted a lot of first person horror experiences, my guess is that you've at least given some thought to. How yeah. how this might actually <clears throat> sort of intersect with what uh, you guys have been creating for a long time? Yeah. Um, so so he's, I tried it out uh, what's half a year ago, something like that. Um, and, and and it's a lot more effective than you than you think it will be. It would be, <laughs> um, which is also sort of the downside of it because it's sort of it's very easy to get sick in it. <laughs> and. Uh, there, there's sort of two coins to it. So, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna start with the, with the bad stuff. Is that for us? It's it's the mo- two stuff that that's bad about it. It's first of all, it's visual effects. I'm not sure we could do any of the visual effects that we do. We do some zooming in when there's sort of uh, scary moments. We did it in Onisha. We can. There, there's tons of this stuff. You change the uh, uh, the field of view and that sort of thing. And I'm unsure how much of that you could really do when in an Oculus Rift without just making the player really really dizzy. And so, so, so I'm unsure. And those those effects are the thing is that. Those effects are not crucial, and you have sort of other things in in favor of you when 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 you're using a rift. But you sort of have to. That's designing two games in a way. So you sort of you sort of have to balance that sort of thing. The other bad part is how do we do interaction with this thing? And I've I've tried um, uh, among the sleep. I tried the, the, the developers them showed show their game on the Oculus, and, and I tried it uh, with their interface, and, and it's sort of cumbersome um, to use it. So, so I'm 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 unsure. I, I think when trying that, and I only tried it for a few minutes, so I haven't like given I haven't tested anything, um, but. Given that it seems like you need to simplify 
is your interaction system in order for the player to 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 be able to play the game for a long while. So, for instance, just to to open a door, it, it should perhaps almost like some heavy rain, like oh, when you're near an icon pops up uh, um, in game when you're in, in front of something. So it's, I'm I'm unsure, but 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 something like that, so some simplified uh, interaction system. So 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 again, that also means we have to do a different game. We have to design it from bottom up to 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 be a a, a rift game but then on the other end there, there's tons of good stuff and 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 the good stuff is not is vr stuff that perhaps are not uh, what you uh, what you think about uh, um uh, directly first of all it's it's the uh, uh, peripheral vision um that you have that and, and it's so great for for horror stuff you could just like flicker stuff in the peripheral because um how our brain works is that you, you're very good at spotting movement in peripheral, but but you can't spot any details at all, which is which is exactly the thing we want out of a horror game. So if we can sort of um, use that to our advantage, the player could be very aware that there's stuff happening, uh, but they can't see it because it's happening. Um, uh, in points in in their uh, in the field of vision where they, they they don't have any possibility to see that happening, so, so you can sort of do that sort of stuff, leverage that to your advantage. The other stuff that's cool is that you're actually using gravity because you have other sense. Um, it's the, the sense of balance, which is actually a sense of its own. Um, in that you can use that to advantage. For for instance, um, I, I tried a roller co- coaster. Have you tried a roller coaster? Oh yeah, Atlas? yeah, yeah. And it actually, it, it actually I, managed... I, I I almost fell. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sort of afraid of heights, and it was it was just too much. I just had to tear the helmet off me, and it's sort of like shit. This is like, <laughs> oh, did did this is this is some kind of demon? It's uh, it's insane that it could do this to me, and it's all because of the sense of balance. It just totally flips out on me so you can have this sort of uh, great uh, um, vertigo scenes or whatnot um, with oculus and i think that that sort of thing could be leveraged in a horror environment so, so, so you can perhaps so just for instance you can have the, this uh, the floor just slightly leaning so there's these kind of strange stuff that you you can't pick up really but your sense of balance is picking them up so those kind of things so um those kind of things are it could be really cool for a horror game, um, but but in the end, um, also what I think is that um, it's very important here to remember that the best kind of horror is I like to see the medium um, just like just like when you're you're reading a book. It's not like shit. If this font was just a little bit crisper, and <laughs> it would be so much more scary because it's not happening on the pages; it's happening in your mind. And it's the same with the television. It's the same with um, your computer monitor, and 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 it's just sort of a feedback loop, which you you're giving instructions to the computer, and the, the, the computer giving you something back of time that, and that sort of collaborate collaborative work that's going on there, that paints a, a mental picture in your mind, and and. That's where the scary part happens, and it's when we sort of leave gaps for the player to fill out. That's when a true horror happens, and it's sort of the Oculus. So it's important to just, even if Oculus Rift is sort of like just a 
the sense of presence grows a lot because of you have the peripheral vision and you have the sense of balance and I mean the the monitor is in your face and and, and also you I mean you're you're you have another feedback loop because your your head movements starts uh, the virtual the virtual uh, avatar that you're inhabiting he he reacts to your head movements and that's sort of like that adds another layer into how you're you're building up your 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 mental image of it all happening. Um, but at the same time, it's still the mental image that that's the most important. And and it's very, I think it's very, it's very easy to just be very reliant on technology to building good horror. And while most of the time you can get the best things or the hardest things that you cannot see. So, um, I'm I'm sort of I'm sort of that's sort of my thought processes. But but I'm very interested in inducing it. And we sort of. Um, what we thought about doing, I'm not sure if we're going to do it, but I really would like to, but it's sort of how much time we have, but it would be cool to at least at a starting point craft a very specific Oculus Rift experience and then sort of just have that along with the game or perhaps show off at some conference or something like that. Um, or at some expo, that that would be awesome. Uh, and we, we, I have some ideas on how to do it. And then you just do something that's just this is made for uh, uses with this device, and that that would be very cool to do. But that has to take time from the the bulk game, and I sort of want to get it done as well. So we have to see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of which, are you talking at all about uh, a time frame for when you guys are hoping to to release Soma, or is that you know? Later on down the no, line. No, we're gonna the eleventh. So, so you can't see it before the eleventh, but we're gonna. It, it's gonna be uh, twenty fifteen. I would I'd love to release it next year, but um, with the sort of quality that we're going for, it's not possible. So, so early uh, twenty fifteen sometime it's gonna release. Cool. Well, Thomas, I super appreciate you taking some time to chat with me. This was a, a lot of fun, and I would definitely uh, love to do it again sometime. Yeah, no problem. Uh,